the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. This is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. The Word of God is full of life-changing power. So our prayer is that this broadcast equips you to live a life so big that it impacts everyone and everything around you. Remember to hit the notification bell on YouTube to get this teaching and worship with us live each week. Let's join Bishop Greer. We're going to start by jumping into the deep end, and then we're going to get to our application. So, uh... Uh, we're going to kind of crunch some things, some really, really important, big and major points right out of the gate, and then you're going to understand how that applies to you. But let's pray before we get started. Father, meet us here. Um, you said where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst, and we need you right now. We need you in our midst. May your word be clear. May we leave here understanding things we would not have understood if we did not hear this message today. We look to you for answers. We look to you for new beginnings. Do what only you can do. And the church says, amen Amen and amen. Romans chapter 10, beginning with the fourth verse. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone, no matter who you are, what you look like. To everyone who believes. Now, what the writer here, the Apostle Paul, is saying is that the law ends for us to the extent that our obedience to the law is no longer our basis for relationship with God. However, we find throughout the New Testament there is a sense that the law is never ending in that it reflects God's standards and shows us our need for a savior. John said it this way in John chapter one and verse 17, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus, the Christ. You see, the law that God gave Moses condemns even the best of us. But the wonderful thing about grace is that it saves even the worst of us. You see, the the law hunts each of us as sinners, but the law ends when we take refuge in the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. You know, the only thing good about a guilty conscience is the fact that you have one lets us know that, uh, uh, the, the better the, the fact that you feel guilty lets us know that you have one. But, but here's the deal. 
guilt finds its final cure only when we look to the cross and ask for God to make us brand new. Now, I'm going to make a little statement here. Now, a lot of folks, when we think of, of Christianity in our faith, we think of forgiveness of sins. That's important. That's vital. And that's, that's, a very, very, that's a very, very big part. But that's not only what God does. Once we became a follower of Jesus Christ, we are born anew. We are born again. And not only are we forgiven, the Bible says we become new creations. We become new creatures. So what God does is he forgives us of everything we've ever done wrong, but then he puts something in us that enables us to do better and to do right. Do you understand what I'm saying? So God does not just come and say, well, you know what? I'm merciful. I'm going to just wipe the slate clean. Keep on doing what you're doing. No, he comes and he wipes the slate clean, but then he goes into our hearts and he changes us from the deep down on the inside. Help me speak today. I'm having a little trouble. I don't know what's happening with me, but each of us had a sin factory. And the problem was not what was coming out of the line. It was the factory itself. So Jesus came to shut down the factory. You hear what I'm saying? He came to remodel it and and, and change it. So there's forgiveness of what what, what was created in the past, but there are new factors now involved. There's there's a Christ factor, Christ in me, the hope of glory. He's created in me something new, and that new thing now has a new output and, and, and a new life. Does that make sense to everyone in the room? Romans 10 and 5. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. Meaning, if you're going to relate to God by law, you got to remember God is perfect and you must obey the law completely and perfectly. God is holy. God does not grade on a curve. You see, we can live, how many of you think you could live, it'd be hard, but, but, but at least for me, but, but I could live without eating pork. I, I could survive. But we could not live without breaking the 10th commandment. Amen. Thou shall not covet thy neighbor's house, spouse, employees, car, anything else. Or how about the, the, the eighth commandment? Thou shall not steal. Have you ever taken a paperclip from the job? Yep. Yeah. Have you ever made a personal phone call on company time? And that's only two. I haven't mentioned the other eight of the ten. You see, the law shows us that we're all lawbreakers in need of saving. And that was the purpose of the law. But the righteousness of faith, not law, of faith speaks this way. It has a way of thinking and a way of speaking. It says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. You see, there's no great work that we can accomplish in our own strength. You mean, you can, can, can swim the ocean, you, you can stop a river from flowing, you know, dam it up, do whatever you, you want to do, but no amount of good we can ever do can erase the bad. Someone can't, never goes to, 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 you know, stands before the judge and say, yeah, I murdered these seven people, but I fed 17 people on the way to, 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 to court today. In, in God's justice, there's no amount of good that can erase bad. So what does this new righteousness say? This righteousness that has nothing to do with Moses, has nothing to do with the law, and has everything to do with Jesus Christ. 
But what does it say? How do people who are justified by faith apart from works, how do they think? How do they speak? This is how we speak. The word is near you or the message is near you. The Bible says the Lord is near to all who call upon him. His covenant promises are actually to be right under our nose, not just in a book, not just in a cell phone, but his covenant promises are to be right under our nose, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message of faith, which we preach. So the message is not that you have to make a pilgrimage to Mecca or a pilgrimage to Jerusalem to be saved. The message is The word of God is in your heart and God wants it to spring forth out of your mouth. Keep speaking God's promises even when your voice shakes. So we're going to be talking about, I think, some new things. I've never taught this message before, so it's okay if you're a little bit bit, bit quiet. But uh, the title here is Faith Must Be in Two places. And this next verse is our focus. He continues that if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart. So what is this scripture teaching us? Real legitimate Bible faith must be in two places, in your heart and in your mouth. Now, don't miss this. Hollow, formulaic confessions do absolutely nothing. But when God's word comes alive in your heart and gets in union with your mouth, God's saving power will eventually appear. But there has to be the union of those two. You say, well, I believe it quietly in my mouth. But when push comes to shove, the opposite thing comes out your mouth. Guess what? Your mouth is telling what you really believe. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever's in your heart in abundance is what comes out of your mouth. So your mouth tells on you. So how you really feel about your children, your mouth will show up and, 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 and confess. How you really feel about your church, how you really feel about your spouse, how you really feel about life will show up in your mouth because out of the abundance of the heart, the what mouth speaks. But when you have God in abundance, guess what comes out of your mouth? Godly things. Let's go to Mark 5 and 25. Let's look at some examples. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. Certain woman, meaning this is not a myth. This is for real. This was a real lady. And how many of us are facing some problems in our life that you've been facing for a long time? Yeah. I mean, you've been to the psychologist. You've been to the life coach. You've been to the doctor. You, 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 you've been to the bank, you've been to the marriage counselor, you've been to the hospital, but nothing worked. This woman was in the same boat and her boat was sinking. And she had suffered many things for many physicians. I mean, Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, Dr. House, I mean, all of them. She went to them all. She had spent all that she had and she got no better, but rather grew worse. Where do you go when, 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 when nobody has answers? I mean, all the conventional wisdom has nothing for you and things are just getting worse. And, and, and what, what do you do? When she heard about 
Jesus. We talked about the message of faith, the message of the gospel. When she heard about Jesus, Jesus is always the answer. Watch this. She came behind him. Even when you feel left behind, you know, circumstances tried to bury her. Circumstances may try to bury you. But, but this is good because Jesus tells us the kingdom of God is like a seed. When circumstances try to bury you, it's really just putting you in position to sprout. The deeper the hole, the deeper the roots. The more manure thrown on top, the more fuel you have to grow. With God, the comeback is always greater than the setback. Is anything too hard for God? So again, you feel you're being buried, life's trying to bury, it's just a setup. God is, is like a seed. God's going to use that situation for you to sprout up new life and have a testimony you'd never imagine having. When she heard about Jesus, faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word, God's word. And this is why you're here today. This is why you're listening, not just to be churchy, not just to be better than your neighbor, but, but so you could hear God's word and you have a word in your heart so you can win. When she heard about Jesus, she didn't care that she didn't get a special audience. She came behind him in the crowd. And just because you're in the crowd today doesn't mean that God doesn't have something special just for you. And she touched his garment. Why? Why did she touch his garment? For she said, nobody else said, but she said, and there'll be moments in her life, nobody else going to say what God put in your heart for your life. And oh, you're going to have to make the decision about whether or not you're going to say it. For she said, mama didn't say it, daddy didn't say it, auntie didn't say it, Jesus didn't even say it. For she said, she did not just believe quietly in her heart. She had the guts to say it out loud to herself and to anyone listening. We got to stop being so mousy about our faith and start saying what God has promised and start living our lives out loud. For she said, it really doesn't matter what anybody else says. What matters and what God is listening is to what do you say? What have you let arise in your heart? What truth of God's word is living on the inside of you? What do you say? For she said, again, she had no one applauding for her. In fact, she had to push through the crowd. Um, she, she was a woman. She, you know, she was out alone. I mean, she, she, no, no one was excited about this lady. But the Bible said she had something to say about her situation. And God is listening to what you have to say about your situation. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. You see, ultimately, our wellness doesn't originate on the outside. It originates on the inside. When we allow the Holy Spirit to release his healing power, his truth in our hearts and in our mouths, we become unstoppable. It didn't matter what people were saying. What mattered is what she said. There are things going on in your life. I, I understand and I sympathize, but here's my question. What do you have to say about it? 
all these years in the word, all the, you know, we read through the, the, the New Testament this year together. After all that reading, after all that worship, what do you have to say about the sickness in your life, the problem in your home, the situation in your finance? What do you have to say to that situation? Now, what Jesus does here, he doesn't initiate a word. He's about to respond to her word. And sometimes, again, it's like our lives are waiting for our response. We talked about this on Wednesday. Uh, Jesus saw a fig tree that had leaves. It was advertising something it did not have but had no fruit. But then the Bible said he responded, meaning that he had something to say about it. And it's like that tree was waiting for his answer. And, and there are mountains in our lives, situations in our lives that are waiting for our response. And are you going to respond like, you know, Pookie and Ray Ray? Are you going to respond, you know, based you know, everybody else, they start jerking your neck and, and doing all that other crazy stuff. Or are you going to respond with God's word? I will live and not die and proclaim the works of God. How do you respond? And my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. The Lord is a shield and, and a buckler. He will protect me. He will keep me. Though a thousand fall at my left hand, 10,000 at my right hand. I know everybody else's marriage is falling apart. I recognize that everybody else is going under. I know what's happening to the neighbor down the street, but it shall not come near me. God's waiting for what you have to say about your situation. The nation's gone crazy, but I'm not. God's not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. I can keep my head in crazy times. That's what I have to say about me. What do you have to say about you? How you respond matters. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Proverbs 18 and 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So you might have a lot to say, but my death and my life is in the power of my own tongue. You can trace almost every success and failure in our lives to what you have to say about the situation. Pay attention to that inner conversation. Pay attention to the words that come out of your mouth because you are predicting doom or you are predicting life. It's up to you. First Samuel 17 and 40. Let's look at another example. Familiar here. Then David took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch, which he had. And his sling was in his hand. Now, if we would have read through this whole chapter, it's not Bible study, so we're not going to do all that. Um, you would have found that he had been speaking or talking smack the, 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 the entire chapter. Um, matter of fact, he was talking so much smack that his elder brother, Eliab, got so angry. The Bible said, it said he burned with anger at David. See, I, I don't really care how much it irritates folks that can't stand you. If God be for you, who can be against you? And sometimes you have to choose. Are you going to listen to the Eliabs of the world? You might love them. They might be a brother or sister. Or are you going to listen to God? 
If God be for me, he's more than enough than the world against me. See, favor is not fair, but it's free to anyone who will accept it. So here we have David. His brother's mad at him because he has an attitude. And I want to ask you, what is your attitude when trouble comes? The Bible says we are to have the mind of Christ. Jesus' mind was this way. Before he was crucified, he said three times in front of his disciples, in front of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, in front of the crowds, and anyone who will listen. Listen, they're going to beat me. They're going to mock me. Then they're going to they're hang me up to die. But on the third day, but on the third day, but on the third day. Basically, what Jesus was saying is, I'm going to punch you right there, devil. And I'm going to tell you before I do it, watch out, watch out. Here it comes down, done. That's the way Jesus did it. He, Jesus was talking junk. He said, y'all going to do some stuff, but on the third day, I'm going to get up. I'm going to rise. Y'all didn't hear me. Y'all didn't hear me. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He spoke resurrection before it happened. He was prophesying that he come back from the grave before it happened. What are you prophesying in your life? What are you predicting by the types of things you say? What do you have the faith enough to say in advance? Faith is not, you know, faith. Listen, if it's seen, it's not, it's not faith. Hope that seen is not hope. Before you see it, you need faith. But listen, if I drive a Jeep, my Jeep is out in, in, the, in the parking lot. Sometimes I do have to have faith because some people try to take your car. But, but for the most part, I don't have to have faith for that vehicle. I have that vehicle. It's mine. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so. You think, you, you say, well, I'm a person of faith, but what are you saying? You're saying what you have instead of what God promised. Faith is taking hold of God's promises. Looking at that child, even though everything about that child's life says one thing, but, but listen, you know, you, you are a blessing of the Lord. Uh, you know, the, the Bible says this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. The children shall be taught. Lord, God's going to teach you. God's going to train you. God's going to raise you up. You understand? What do you see? I, I, we, we have church faith. That's good. But, but, but what about real life faith? When, when you're dealing with an issue, what do you say? What do you see? And I'm not just talking about one slip. I'm talking about what you repeatedly say and what you repeatedly see. And David grew near, or drew near, to the Philistine. David didn't just talk it. He backed up his faith with deeds. And courage starts with showing up. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. It was on at this point. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, watch this, he disdained him. Now, laugh at me if you want, but you're not going to be laughing very long. And some folks laugh at us because we're different, but, but I cry for, for, for a lot of folks because they're all the same. He disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. Don't let this pretty face fool you. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? This was jail yard talk in Hebrew idiom, so I'm going to leave that out for all our modern sensibilities. But read between the lines. He was saying some stuff. And the Philistine then cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said this to David. He continued, come to me 
And I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David wilted and, and ran home, threw his sling down. And No. When you're facing closed-minded people, don't retreat. Don't apologize. Don't explain. Just get it done. Now, now may, yeah, and maybe on the other side, you can have a conversation. But, but, but when, when, when people are closed, I'm like, well, I'm just going to show you. I'm, I'm not going to try to convince you. I really don't care what you have to say. Uh, me and God got some work to do. And if you got to see it to believe it, well, let's get to the other side of this miracle. Then we'll talk. Then David said, he didn't just believe it. He wasn't just in his prayer closet believing God. No, he showed up and he said it out loud in front of an audience. Then David said to the Philistines, what you believe in your heart and say with your mouth will determine whether or not the giants in your lives rise or stand or fall. It's up to you. It's not up to God alone. It's up to you. God did not slay Goliath apart from David. God will not deal with your giants apart from you. Watch David. Now, the, the giant has, has been talking. Now it's David's turn. Now you come to me with sword and spear and with a javelin. The Bible tells us how large these, these instruments of battle were. And these, this was the most sophisticated weaponry of the time. He's like, you know, listen, Goliath, I see what you're working with. I, I see you. And I admit, you know, you're going to defeat most people, but I'm not most people. See, I'm different. I, I'm not coming to you in the name of David. But I come to you, not in the power of my own name, my own legacy, my own practice, my own experience, but in the name, a far greater name. Is there still power in the name? Yeah. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. You've been listening to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer. Join us next time as we continue this teaching. We pray that God's word has equipped you to think big, do big, and live big in a way that your life overflows and blesses those around you. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. While you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.